1: It's time to open the word once again with evangelist Lester Roloff on the Family Altar program. Glory
0: for all is changed when Jesus comes to stay. I think it's time for me to bring the message, and I'd like to speak while I'm here on smorgasbord chapters of the Bible. And Romans 8 is surely no exception. My, what a tremendous chapter. And since last night when I went to bed, after a very long day, I went to bed thinking about the great verse that many people quote but don't practice. Many people have never really come to know one of the greatest verses in the Bible. I mean by experience. And dear friend, you know no more of the word of God than you can practice. Don't forget that. And if you don't remember anything else I say, you don't really believe any more of the Bible than you practice. And i got another statement I want to make right after that. You'll never convince the people of any more of the word of God than you practice in your own life. And if what you believe won't work in your own life, don't try to push it off on me, Here. Now, the Bible says four times, and that's enough. It'd have been enough if it had just said it one time. Now, the just shall live by faith. I'm hoping that maybe one night this week, uh, the Lord will lead me to that smorgasbord chapter, uh, the 11th chapter of the book of Hebrews. And uh, that's one chapter every saint of God ought to memorize and practice every day of his life. Now, how many of you are here tonight and you're not members of this church? Would you hold your hand real high for me? Real high. Now, that's a fine group of guests, which is a good sign that somebody in this church wanted company to come tonight. And I like that. My mother and my dad were great lovers of company. And that's the reason we had so much of it. I'm the kind of company that... uh, if I feel like I'm not desired, I won't be present very long. And I believe Jesus wants us to, want our friends to be welcome in this church. And I believe it's up to the members to see to it uh, that the unsaved friends and others come. My request of every visitor and every guest, though you might not have seen me before, please accept me by faith until I can prove my works uh, with you. If you do that, then you won't be criticizing before I get started here. And remember this, if I say anything or do anything worthwhile while I'm here, it's because Jesus had his hand on me. Because I know that in me that is in my flesh there dwells no good thing. And when they sang a while ago that sweet song, one of my favorite songs, Wonderful Lord, and uh, talk about him being weary often. Said he was, uh, people tried to. Betrayed and did, betrayed and denied. I whispered and groaned on the inside, and I said, me too, Lord. There have been times when I did it, and I'm so ashamed. I really am. I, I just thought, Lord, after you saved me and called me to preach, how could I ever betray you or deny you or to be unkind to you ever again? And yet, strange as it may seem, God's people can act so sorry sometimes. Isn't it pitiful that we could ever betray such a friend as that by thought or by deed or by being unkind or by passing somebody up along the way and turning by on the other side and leaving somebody to groan and die and bleed in the ditch when we could have lifted them up and carried him into the inn, poured in oil and wine, and could have helped them? Well, sure we could. Now, you have your Bible. We must start reading. And uh, I think we'll start at verse 1. There's therefore now. Now, if you had to go back to the next chapter, you'd find out what he meant when he said, therefore. The battle's over. The victory's won. The flesh has been put down. Jesus has become king. And uh, Christ is all in all. And uh, he's fixing to announce the great proclamation. There's therefore now no condemnation or judgment to them that are in Christ Jesus, to them that walk not after the flesh. But after the Spirit, folks, that's the theme of this great chapter. You want the blessings? And I know a lot of you would say, well, Brother Olaf, I hope you get to Romans eight twenty-eight tonight. That's my hide and play. Okay. But i got to go through some places first, haven't I? I've got to get us out of the flesh before that will ever work. I mean, we got to go ahead and get the battle over with, and the victory's got to be won, and the Holy Spirit's got to seal us up in Jesus. (laughs) And then he said, now then, we know that all things work together. Folks, that statement since last night's been growing bigger and bigger all day. And I hope tonight it'll enlarge itself in your soul. We know that all things work together, but there's some things that go before. And uh, a lot of people, you know, uh, that just want to... Say, well, I, I know all these things will be added. Oh, they won't be added either, unless you get it right. Bible said, seek ye first. Put first things first. Then you can expect all these things to be added. Then say all these other things. That's why people quote it, you see. Bible said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things. Then say all these other things. That's what people put in, see, because they try to make the kingdom another thing, see. Far greater, listen. Life does not consist in the abundance of things one may possess, though the Bible has a lot to say about things, and uh, there's a lot of things needed down here, but uh, I read in my Bible where he said, uh, all things are yours, that'll be enough. If you see any things going down the street, just remember they belong to us. But he said, isn't it?" He said, all things are yours, all of them belong to us. I don't understand how we've let all the things get away from us. God said, they're oh, all yours. Cattle on a thousand hills are mine. He said, uh, a whole world said, earth is the Lord, the fullness thereof, the world, and they that dwell therein. The Bible said, blessed are the meek, they're going to inherit the earth. Yet the average Christian is trying to buy it. I don't know why you want to buy something that's going to be given to you. World world's so concerned about doing what God told it not to do. Man's trying to fight for peace. God said, he'll give it to you. We've been in saying now since 1914, Brother Robert. Been in war almost incessantly. We've been in war now for say 14 from uh, 69 would be well 55 years over a half a century. Been fighting away, no peace. Death, my God, to the wicked. You know, reason America ain't having the peace. He's too filthy and ungodly and wicked. I mean, God can't give peace to a nation like this nation or any other nation. I mean, we're not going to have the peace. You can't you can't mistreat them. The prince of peace and then have peace. You can't do it. And some of you folks wonder well, why you don't have any personal peace. You can't have personal peace and have unrighteousness in your life, save your life. You can't do it. Make up your mind. If you want the peace of God that passes, understanding that defies the professor up here at your University of Florida or anywhere else, if you want the peace of God, you're going to have to live for Jesus. You can't live for him until you know him. got to experience him. got to be born again. got to become a new creature in Christ Jesus. You'll never know the peace of god never will but he said my peace i leave with you my peace i give to you not as the world giveth give unto you let not your heart be troubled neither let it be afraid and he said now you know uh, i'll give him a joy he said i'm gonna leave my joy here so that uh, my joy will be in you and then you'll be joyful see and yet man runs off to buy joy biggest bill we got in america's entertainment bill and the fun bill that's right. Television, colored and black and white and pink and blue and all the rest of it, you see. everybody trying to get entertained. Oh, I got to try to get entertained. Isn't it, isn't it amazing how God can entertain his children, how the old saints of God used to sit, Brother Robert, 36 years ago. I remember it when I started preaching. They'd sit in that old hallway where the breeze came through, you know. Of course, they didn't call it the breezeway like they do now, but it's just an old house, you know, heater room on one side, old fireplace over here in the and the kitchen and bedrooms, and then in the middle. You'd go down the old lane as far as you could drive in that old Model A Ford, and then leave it parked down the gap and walk up the lane, finally get up the house. There'd be an old couple out there entertaining each other, talking about heaven. Oh, they'd be reading Revelation and be reading John 14. And they'd say, Brother Preacher, uh, would you tell us, will we recognize our loved ones in heaven? And so forth. And they begin to ask questions about, you don't find that anymore. No, I tell you, isn't it And yet? Look at the misery of the people today. People back there were happy then. Didn't have any juvenile delinquency. And didn't have any nervous bust downs. Didn't have any people mentally disturbed. And, and we didn't have any uh, unemployment. Everybody's employed, you know. And uh, didn't even have a community chest then. Didn't have uh, anything else except a little old church out there on the corner somewhere preaching the gospel. Everybody's working, making his own living, you know. Getting along fine. Wasn't any murders and wasn't any divorces. Are you listening to me? Am I telling the truth? You see what I'm talking about? Now then we got educated and full of the devil, you know. And uh, the one thing we've left out is regeneration and sanctification. And those are the two secrets of good, peace, and joy. But you see, man trying to work for salvation, doing the worst job he ever did in his life, God said, I'll give it to you. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. All right. Now let's come to the eighth chapter and uh, we'll read on. He said, first of all, we're not going to walk. We're not going to walk in the flesh. We're going to walk in the spirit. Now, if you want all these other things to take place in your life, uh, I hope that you'll cash in. And we're at the table now. We can help ourselves. He said, uh, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. Now then, our emancipation proclamation has been signed and uh, the shackles have been uh, broken and the chains have been severed and we're free now. We're free, we don't have to smoke cigarettes, we don't have to drink liquor, uh, we don't have to uh, live in homosexuality, we don't have to live in filth, we don't have to curse anymore, we don't have to have steal and lie. Why? Well, he said, uh, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. I'm not even subject to death anymore. Oh, you'd say, now wait a minute, aren't you going to die? No, sir, wasn't planning on it. A lot of people die because they plan on it so long. I believe if I planned on dying hard, as some people I'd die too. fact is, a lot of people, you know, they're always talking about their funeral and, and all that kind of stuff, you see. Man, I'd rather talk about living. I'd rather talk about living. I mean, just live in such a way that you'll be surprised to pieces if you ever die. Here? I mean, just go in the presence of the Lord. Say, Lord, I sure was surprised. Get home this quick. I wasn't planning on it. I was having such a big time living. I don't know what happened, but here I am home now. But I tell you, I never, never once crossed my mind that every day. But he said, we're free from the law of sin and death. The devil passed that law. Old sin, Satan passed that law. Old smutty face put that law on us. Brother, I'm free from that law. I'm not under that law. I'm under a different law now. I'm under the law of love. That's royal law. I'm under the law of the word of God now. That's a wonderful law because that I don't mind being under the law of the word of God because that gives me health and strength and cleansing and purifying and peace and joy and power and it gives me victory over the devil and gives me a weapon to fight old Satan with and so I'm under a new law. It's, I don't believe in law. I do. I believe in the royal law and I believe in the law of God. That the law of the Lord is perfect converting the soul. I'm under that law. I'm under the law got me converted. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. Testimonial Lord sure, making wise and simple. And the statutes of the Lord are right. Doing what? Rejoicing the heart. Ah, that's reading them having a good time. On the inside, got statutes. Statutes of heaven in my soul. And he said the uh, commandments of the Lord are pure and lightening the eyes. Fear the fear of the Lord is clean and enduring forever. Well, he said the judgments of the Lord are sure, true and righteous, altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold. And moreover by them is thy servant. Morn in keeping of them, there's great reward. I don't know why people wouldn't want that reward. Reward of keeping the word of God. It's the greatest reward there is. But you know what? My Bible tells me if you keep the word of God, God will keep you. But he said, keep you from out of temptation, come upon the world. If you keep the word of God. But you can't keep something you don't know. You can't keep something you don't have. You've got to first receive the word of God. Now then, for what the law could not do and it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own son in in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemned sin in the flesh. Why? That the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Well, I know you could raise a question. And a lady came to me the other day, the other night, and she told me that she believed that these people that are keeping the law, she said, I tell you, I... I believe in more and more in them, see, and they wanna, you know, eat this and that and the other so that they can go to heaven. And they uh, said, I believe they come near keeping the law and, and uh, said, I, I don't believe in salvation by grace, got a false leader, founded a whole movement, found a whole movement. And I tell you, dear friends, if you'll just pay me attention to me, I, I, I can get you out of some of this rotten religion. Whenever you have to go to a woman for a founder, you're already on the wrong track. And when you have to go to more books in the Bible, you're already on the wrong track here. And, and don't expect me to have any patience with you now. When you come up to me and say, well, I believe that a certain book written by Mrs. or Mr. or so-and-so is just as inspired the Word of God. Brother, you just fanned out right there. I mean, you you didn't, listen, you didn't even see the ball cross the plate. I mean, I haven't got one lick of patience with you because you are just wrong, you're an imposter, and you're a liar. You're taking up for some man-made book. I don't care if I wrote it or Bob Taylor wrote it or anybody else wrote it. Brother, no book will compare with the Word of God. When you start talking like that, far as I'm concerned, you're just as ignorant as they come. I mean that, too. I really do. This business of, you'd say, but Brother Wolof, don't you, you said you believe in keeping the law. Yes, sir. I'm going to surprise you by making another statement. I believe you've got to keep the law perfectly or you can't even go to heaven. Hmm, brother, that threw us all in reverse, didn't it? I mean, that'd strip most people's gears right there, wouldn't it? And yet I believe it. And you'd say, Brother Olaf, you mean to tell me that you've got to keep the law perfectly or you can't go to heaven? And do you believe you're going to heaven? I know I'm going to heaven. Yes, I do. No, I tell you, you can tell the way I'm talking, I believe that, don't you? You know I believe that. My, if I missed heaven, I'd miss it all. <laughs> I tell you, I don't care that go going the Holy Land or going to see Niagara Falls or Yellowstone National Park, you have all that globe-trotting you want. And if I can just get somewhere and sit down, and preach a little while, and uh, go somewhere else. I mean, I'll get to go after a while, but dear friends, I know I'm going to go to heaven. I know. I mean, you can bankrupt me tonight, and you'd break my heart, drive all sleep away from my eyes if you could convince me that I wouldn't go to heaven, but you could never do that. (laughs) No, you could never convince me I'm not going to heaven. You'd say, well, you mean you kept the law perfectly? And you said a while ago you'd sinned and betrayed and denied Christ? Oh, Yes. You mean you've kept the law perfect? Yes, I'm gonna to have to say I did. You'd say, how did you do it, Brother Wolf? In Christ, in Christ. I just accepted him. He took all my old dirty record and he gave me his spotless record. I listen, there, friends. I'm so glad for what Jesus has done for me. I was thinking of a little song, whispering under my breath, driving over to church with the house tonight from over to Bamridge. Uh, when I come to the river, at the ending of day, when the last winds of sorrow have blown, there is somebody that'll be waiting to show me the way. I won't have to cross old Jordan alone. Of times I'm forsaken and weary. sad when it seems that my friends have all gone there is one thought that cheers me and makes
1: my
0: heart glad I won't have to cross old Jordan alone I won't have to cross Jordan alone Jesus died all my sins to atone and when the darkness i see he'll be waiting for me i won't have to cross old jordan alone that's right those old chilly waters hold no fear for me i've got a friend that's been across and come back and he'll be standing on this side waiting to bear me safely over the tide amen Yes, you see, he kept the law for me. I trusted him. Whatever Jesus is and whatever he has and uh, whatever he was and whatever he will be, I've accepted as my own. Dear friends, you won't get me out of heaven at all. You won't ever joke me out of heaven. You can't laugh me out of heaven. i tell you, I'll take pearly gates and golden streets and beautiful mansions. I'll just take it all like the Bible says it. Rest of you folks don't want to go to heaven, you all go wherever you want to go. Of course, I know where you're going if you don't go to heaven. Oh, yes, I do. I know where you'll land. And that'll be hell. That's the devil's home. That's for him and his kids. My father's such a better father than the devil could ever be. All right, I haven't gotten to my text, but I'm going to get to it in a minute. He said, uh, for they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. But they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. I was in a city the other day. In fact, it's in your state. And there's a big sign up there that mentions, has a man's name on it. He's dead now. He married 11 times. Papers said that he spent $1 million on each wife. It cost him $11 million to get married 11 times. Pretty expensive weddings, weren't they? Not the last. Isn't that pathetic? You know why? He's walking after the flesh. He's dead now. I mean, I don't mean to be cheap or ugly, but can't an old goat, I mean just an old goat like that, be fooled and deceived and then die miserable and nobody care, nobody care. Nobody had any respect for him. Uh, I tell you, I'd rather somebody just love me. Uh, if you wouldn't love me while I'm flat busted, I wouldn't want you to love me if I had a million dollars. Wouldn't be genuine or real. So he said, they would have the flesh, do mind the things of the flesh, but they have the spirit, the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. That's still true. You watch a man thinks carnally all the time. You say, what do you mean carnally? Does that mean coveting somebody else's wife? No, no. I think a man can just be thinking about the world. He's carnal. I think a man, a woman can be thinking about her own household furniture and her it, wall-to-wall carpet and some new gadgets and trimmings and drapes. First and, thing you know, she's in love with carnality. She gets so vitally concerned about it. We used to have some people live lived in our community, and my mother never could understand. And she thought it was just, uh, she had, uh, they had nice, uh, they had carpets on the floor, and we'd never seen a carpet in our community. I mean, we never had one in our home. We finally got an old nine to 12 rug, I think, you know, for the front room. And that's about the closest to carpet we ever had. But oh, listen, my neighbors would lock the doors on all of us kids and their kids, and say, y'all can't come in here and play. My, listen, we'd run off down the road about a half a mile and every door we had is wide open. Just had some screen doors, you know, and the other doors was open, none of them latched. And my mother said, well, y'all come on in play in the old long hall. Had a big old ranch hall, you know, we'd get in there and play, man, you could play wolf over the river in that big old long hall. Mother didn't know she wasn't supposed to let us play in the house, you know, and have a good time. And uh, that's the reason everybody liked to come. They'd like to come. They'd. And they knew that there'd be homemade tea cakes and syrup cakes and cookies. And and, uh, they knew that there'd be a lot of things fixed. And my mom was always busy singing a song and doing something like that. We wonder why we got so much juvenile delinquency. I tell you one reason mother and daddies don't care enough. They just don't care. Too carnal. Just too carnal. I got a little boy sitting here on second row on his way home. On his way home, he doesn't know where home is. He doesn't know what home he's going to. He really doesn't. There he is, precious little boy, 12 years old. 13 are you, son? 13 years old, little old fella. Mother been married five times. Doesn't know whether she's going to have a place for him at all or not. Said, it's up to this last husband. I read the letter. Said, I don't worry, he wants you not. Talk about carnal. It's coming today. Dear friend, there's coming a day, one of these days, somebody's going to give an account to God. Just put her down. You mothers and daddies can play fast and loose and run wild and try to satisfy your own sticking desires, but I'll guarantee you'll, you'll die a wretch and a wicked person, and you'll live like that. Bible said in the closing days they'll be without natural affection. All right? Be carnally minded, it's death. That's the price but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Have a spiritual mind. Oh, listen, a spiritual mind brings life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, not to the law of God, neither indeed can be. You couldn't make the carnal mind of the... You, you can't bring it under. Did you know that? You can't bring the flesh under. I used to think you had to tame the flesh. You can't tame the flesh. The flesh is gonna be wild when it died. last thing flesh won't do is sin, yeah i tell you what, you got to do it. And this is the thing the average person doesn't realize. you got to feed the spiritual man enough so he'll have control over the fleshly man, over the carnal man, over the natural man. I mean, you got to do that. Now, let me. Ask, here's the thing that disturbs me, and I see no hope. I, I mean, I see no hope for America or for the churches because uh, the average person doesn't feed the spiritual man enough uh, so that he's in the ascendancy. He doesn't have control. He's too weak to fight. And the carnal man and the fleshly man and the natural man literally beats him down from day to day. And he wonders why he lives in constant defeat. has to be like that unless he's fed. You'd say, Brother Roloff, why don't you get practical? You know I will before it's over. I'll start now. Any man that reads the newspaper and watches television and magazines more than he reads the word of God, he's carnal. He's carnal, fleshly, natural. I mean, you. I don't have any hope for you jump up in the morning, grab a cup of black coffee and a newspaper and keep your face hid behind that garbage seat for the next hour, and then finally drag through the day and pick up the Bible and maybe quote John uh, 3.16 or maybe uh, Psalm 23 and then wonder why he didn't have victory. Are you listening to me? I'm trying to show you something. We're not going to have victory. I mean, Romans 8.28 wasn't written for you. It wasn't written for me unless I'm willing to fit into its pattern. I mean, there's some things that went before. There was a battle. Read the, the chapter that goes before the seventh chapter. He's fighting a real battle. And he comes to the place. He said, now then. There's therefore no now no condemnation to them that are in. I got in. I'm in. I'm out of the world. And I'm in the Christ. Now verse 8. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. But you're not in the flesh. But in the spirit, if so be the spirit of Christ dwell in you now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he's none of his. Brother Bob, that just about determines whether a man's saved or not, doesn't he? That's the whole thing. He said, now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he's none of his.
1: Thank you for joining us today on the Family Altar Program with Lester Roloff. You may listen to the preaching and the special music of the Family Altar Program 24 hours a day when you visit our ministry website, rolloff.org. We love hearing from our listeners. If this broadcast has been a blessing to you, please write to us at Roloff Evangelistic Enterprises, P.O. Box 100, Fort Thomas, Arizona, 85536. Again, that's Roloff Evangelistic Enterprises, P.O. Box 100, Fort Thomas, Arizona, 85536. This broadcast is made possible by the prayers and financial support of listeners like you. Thank you for partnering with us, and remember that Christ is the answer.